Hello, we are the Edgy Futurists. I'm Dan Fitzpatrick. I'm Ben Whitaker. I'm Stephen Hope. The podcast by educators for educators, the Edgy Futurist Podcast. So we're joined by Stephanie Signer. Stephanie is a teacher slash librarian, uh, a grade five, six teacher and technology lead teacher with the York Region District School Board in Ontario, Canada. She's a Google certified trainer and innovator. Shout out then 18. Flipgrid certified educator and Apple teacher. Stephanie collaborates with colleagues to meaningfully uh, integrate technology into the curriculum, support students with from kindergarten to grade eight. She's also a presenter, a speaker, uh, working with teachers across Ontario. The podcast by educators, for educators, the EduFuturist podcast. Well, it's great to have you on the podcast today, Stephanie. Can you give us a bit of an insight into your world, what you do, and uh, why our podcasters, listeners, would want to hear about what you do? Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so Um, So on a daily basis, I have two different roles. Um, So in the mornings, I have a grade five and six homeroom classroom, and I teach Uh, literacy and math and then the rest of my day I'm teacher librarian so I work with teachers and classes to integrate technology and makerspace into their classrooms. Um, So I use a lot of that learning to go and deliver workshops and presentations and work with other teachers um, across Ontario where I live um, to integrate technology into their programs as well. Cool. That sounds sounds really good. So, the you mentioned makerspaces, um, and I know that that's been something that's really popular in um, well, in, in, in it's tied into the tech world, doesn't it? It's kind of become part of that. Do you talk to us about what that looks like um, on a, on a practical level in your uh, in your classrooms? Yeah. Uh, so most of our makerspace stuff is is housed in the environment of our library. So classes. Um, have scheduled time where they can come down to visit us but then we also have opportunity at our school we call it maker missions so if a teacher is looking to um, enhance their program for example maybe they're doing storytelling they can you know send off a quick email and then we can collaborate with them and talk about how they might use it Uh, so for that example on storytelling I just worked with a grade eight class where they uh, were working on analyzing short stories and then the plot structure that goes with it And so they then turned those stories into um, kind of a a robotic storytelling session where they use the lights and the sounds of the robots to interpret the mood of the stories. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we know that you, uh, Ben, been telling us that when you were at Den 18... um, that you did a lot of sketch noting that you uh you kind of you, you you kind of draw a lot and it's it's kind of your way of, of getting getting your notes down could you tell us a bit about how you got into that and um do, does technology support you in that as well yes yeah i do all of my uh, sketch notes digitally so it kind of came about in um, me just going to a lot of conferences and hearing a lot of keynote speakers talk and not really taking in any of that information because either i was running through the list of 5 million things that I had to do that day, or they might have said an idea that kind of triggered, oh, I could use this in my classroom. Let me go and plan that right now. Um, And then after talking to people that attended the conference and they were saying, oh, wasn't that speaker so great? I would be like, I don't know. I wasn't listening. Um, So then I started watching people around me, a couple of my friends, um, Jen Giffen, who was previously on this show. I started doing her sketch note. Um, and then I, I just kind of jumped in and tried it and I found that it really helped me focus and actually listen to what that person was saying. And 
it also helps me remember. So if I hear a name, I can think back, oh, I remember when I did this sketch note and they had this idea. And then it's also really a great record so that I can go back and say, oh yeah, I wanted to implement this in my classroom. So I can go back to my sketch note to see just, what they did. Um, so I uh, Yeah, just just on that, I, I, I suppose I really love the fact that you uh, how you do that digitally. Just can you talk to us about how you do that? I know Dan mentioned about digitally. How do you do that uh, digitally? So I do it all on my iPad. I use the iPad app Procreate. Um, and then I use a stylus called the Adonit Dash. And um, I really, I, I played with a couple of different apps. I like Procreate the best just in terms of the way that you can layer things on top of each other. So I have like my main text layer and then can add another layer underneath for your background, um, a third layer for your shading, another layer for the images that you put. So I really just like the the formatting of it. And um, I find it is pretty user friendly. And uh, I, again, I tried a couple, but the that one is the kind of the one that I stuck with. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And it's great that you integrate technology. My, I think my problem is regardless whether I use technology or whether I use actual just paper and pen, I just don't know if I'm good enough to to do the sketch note. I always think it's a good idea, and then I just end up writing the words with yeah. a couple of clouds around them. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, or a square box. Off st- but what tips have you got for those people who are wanting to do it and maybe just a bit of fear because they're not artists? Right, and and that's how I came in thinking as well, that, you know, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not an artist. Um, a lot of people do do it on paper, and that wasn't for me because I wanted to be able to erase things or try again when I didn't like it. So that doing things digitally helps that you can try again and you can fix things up. Um, one of my favorite resources to use is called The Noun Project. Um, it has thousands and thousands of super easy drawings that you can either copy or you can insert right into your sketch note. Um, and it has any topic, any theme that you're looking for, you just do a quick search and it has images by all of these different artists that you can customize and then insert into your sketch note. It's cool that it's, it's really cool. And I know that you were really um, influenced by Sylvia Duckworth um, and uh, she, she writes all sorts of books and tutorials and all sorts of stuff, doesn't she? You've done some, done some of those, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so yes, I use her books in, in my classroom and in my own practice. Well, um, the way that she breaks down how to start your sketch noting, talking about the structure and the layout, I just found really helpful for myself and then also for teaching my students how to go through that process. That's cool. So um, obviously we uh, talk about um, Copenhagen. Yeah, guys, I've mentioned it again. I mentioned it again. It's been a while, actually. I <laughs> don't think I mentioned it the last couple of episodes, just saying. <laughs> Um, uh, we we were in Denmark together doing the Innovator Academy. Um, you talk to us about your Innovator project, where you're up to, what 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 is becoming, and and, and maybe inspire some future innovators. Yeah. Uh, so my Innovator project is all around assessment. So in my school board, um, high school teachers have a specific gradebook software that they use elementary teachers don't. So we're kind of left to either purchasing our own or finding our own solution. Um, So the original idea kind of came out of that. I started running a workshop on how to uh, create a a grade book through Google Sheets and Google Forms. Um, And it it went really well. It, you know, I, it was highly received because people finally had something that they could use. Um, And then I was at an EdTech team summit and speaking to 
Jesse Lubinsky, who ended up becoming my coach in Denmark, he was kind of the one who set it off and said, well, this is your project right here. Um, so that's what I had applied with. Um, when we were in Denmark, um, we had a, a session where they announced future tools. So at the time, they announced the um, what is now the gradebook in Google Classroom. And so at that moment, I was like, oh, no, my project is over. Why would I create something if Google's already created creating it? So I, I originally thought that I was going to have to completely scrap my whole idea. Uh, but then after talking to the mentors and the coaches in Denmark, um, specifically Les Macbeth, who's from Toronto as well. So she has a good understanding of our curriculum. She helped me really understand that my project doesn't have to be so big. I thought I was going to have to market it to the entire world, um, but she helped me narrow it down to just Ontario and thinking thinking about our specific assessment practices. Um, so in Ontario, we don't just give students one mark. It's divided into four areas, knowledge, thinking, communication, and application. Um, and, and then we also um, don't use that one mark to then put on the report cards. It's kind of up to teacher's discretion based on their most recent and most consistent uh, practice. So while that's fantastic for students because they really know where they're at and where they need to go, that makes that really hard for teachers to track. Um, so I'm working on some kind of method or pathway for teachers to more easily organize that um, and be able to visualize a student's progress throughout the year. Cool. That's cool. We, yeah, we interviewed uh, Jesse Lubinsky also in a car as well, just like you are at the moment. Uh, uh, he kept his seatbelt on for the whole time, though. Uh, <laughs> not sure why, uh, but uh, yeah, he, he was great to have on. Uh, could you just tell us a bit about that whole process works? You know, you're talking about how you, from the innovative uh, camp, you get a, a, a mentor who kind of talks you through that. Is that, is that a very hands-on process or um, is that... Do you meet, yeah, do you meet the, with them? Um, mm -hmm. So while we're there, we, we get a coach for the three days. And so they have a good understanding of your project and work through it. And then once you leave, you get assigned a mentor. And I was very lucky to get assigned Kim Polishuk, who works in my district. So she's very close to me. And so it's really easy to connect with her. Um, so about once a month, we, we do our Google Hangout and I share my progress um, and then she gives me advice. She might give me resources or contacts that might help me. Um, for example, because she works on a more regional, a central role, she had suggested, you know, that she might be able to actually gather a focus group to test out my product. So having that is really helpful because as a classroom teacher working in just a single school, that's not necessarily something that I have access to. Charlie. So Stephanie, you just mentioned some big players there, people that we've had on the podcast and people uh, that everybody will know. Uh, we're trying to drive collaboration across the north of England and, and even the UK, and that's one of the, th the drivers of our podcast. But what's it like collaborating across districts and people in Canada then? All right. Um, so in our own district, there are lots of opportunities to collaborate with each other. Um, in terms of other districts across Ontario, it's kind of up to the individual teacher. So I'm really fortunate in that I get to go to different conferences and participate in Twitter chats and see what all these different teachers across our district are doing. Um, and certainly we, we try to make as many connections as possible, but it is challenging when we have really, really big districts that are, that are spread apart. 
Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why we uh, we we have the same issue in the UK, even though we're even though we're closer. Um, collaboration is tough, isn't it? And um, trying to trying to work together, even though we know it's going to be increased efficiency, isn't always easy. Uh, one of the things that we reasons why we do the podcast really is to uh, is to is to showcase collaboration and share things uh, for other people. Um, so we know that you're into your podcasts and you listen to lots of podcasts. Um, and uh, we're really grateful that you, uh, even all the way over in Canada, you listen to our podcast uh, religiously. Uh, would you tell us about why you listen to podcasts and uh, which ones you do and, and all that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, I, I love listening to podcasts on my morning commute. Um, so I, I pick ones that I know I'm going to be within that 30 minutes on my way to work. And I kind of use it to, to energize myself and get myself ready for the day. So I really love... Uh, podcasts that are funny and that are inspiring and also related to work. Um, So I love listening to you guys because I get all of that in there. I get your funny jokes. I get new ideas to use in the classroom. Um, So that's why it's definitely a keeper. It's been on my list for a while. Um, Some of the other ones I like to listen to are Google Teacher Tribe, um, my friends Shooks and Gif, um, ones like that that are about 30 minutes and, and kind of cover everything. Great ideas I could use in the classroom that day. And then also kind of get me going and wake me up for the day. That's uh, that's that's funny that you say jokes. I presume you've uh, gone on to uh, the BBC iPlayer app and looked at the uh, the one show to find out about Dan's love for the one show. Is that is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just move on. Move on. <laughs> not, Dan. Dan. Yeah, I'm really just upset about no, it. I'm really, I'm really bitter day. because as we record, the one show is on right now, and I'm missing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's great. That's great. I, um, one of the things that I know that uh, that you love, and you've said that you're a Flipgrid ambassador or certified educator. Is that right? Um, yes. What? What? Why do you love Flipgrid? We've had Flipgrid on uh, a number of times, and we love Adam and his crazy shorts uh, that are really, really short. Uh, tell us about Flipgrid and how you're using that. Okay, so um, I started using Flipgrid last year um, as a response to the students that I had in my class. I had about 50% of my students who were not sharing in class. They didn't even talk to each other in small groups. And realistically, if we went on that way, they would have been happy not talking to anybody for the entire year. And I really wanted to change that. I wanted to make sure they were comfortable in the classroom. Um, So that's when I turned to Flipgrid and I found that when they were recording a video, they had no problem sharing. They were really comfortable. Um, they they were able to kind of jot their ideas down ahead of time. And then they actually got to share with their classmates. And for a lot of them, it was the first time our class had heard their voice before. So to me, that was so, so powerful. And it kind of just expanded from there. Um, we did a whole bunch of projects to create um, a sound booth in our classroom so that we could record without outside noise. Um, and then as I took on the teacher librarian role, it expanded even further. So now I have my entire school using it regularly. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I remember doing that for the first time and just saying how how self-conscious the kids were. But after after the after time of using it, um, it's really weird. I always found they were very self-conscious about the recording of it. But uh, not so much about when it was when it was shown to everyone. Uh, but yeah, that changed over time, and it's just such a great tool um, for that student voice, um, like you say. Uh, is there anything you're working on at the minute before we round up the interview uh, that you you want to share? Anything you're enthusiastic about? Anything you've discovered that you you want to share with our listeners? 
Uh, sure. I'm actually, right now, I'm on a break at, from a 3D printing uh, professional development session. So that's something wow. our district has recently promoted. Um, several schools get to do a pilot program. So I'm working on that right now. I'm here with um, one of my colleagues from my school who teaches grade eight. So now we're at the point where we're really thinking about how can we integrate this into the curriculum meaningfully and, and bring it back to our colleagues and our students. That's cool. What, what would have been the weirdest thing to put on, come out of the 3D printer? What would, be, what would be the coolest? What would you like to print? So uh, I'm, I'm doing patterning in math with my students right now. And one of the things that we had talked about was the Tesseract from the Marvel, Marvel movies. Um, so that's what I'm trying to build right now so that I can make them and actually show them what it looks like. That's cool. Do you know what I think I would make? I would make another 3D printer and then send the original one back. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like, it's, like, it's like when you say, oh, what would your free wishes be? Yeah, I'd wish for another free wishes. I don't think you can do that. Okay, no. All right. Well, then, it, then it's not a particularly great 3D printer if you can't print a 3D printer from it. <laughs> uh, great. Stephanie, it's been uh, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for joining us and for taking time out of your day. I uh, wish you all the best on your innovative project and all the stuff that you're doing. Keep listening to us. Keep telling everybody about how good we are uh, because there's not that many people listening. So we love the fact that you are doing in Canada. Thanks. Thank you so much. Cheers, Steph. Cheers, Thank Stephanie. Guys. Thanks. Bye.